Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. that the chorale would sing this. I'm going to read a few verses of Scripture concerning it. Second Peter chapter number 3 and verse 9, The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, and what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? looking for and hastening unto the coming of that day, of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And I want you to note verse 13. Nevertheless, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Verse 13 again, Nevertheless, we according to his promise look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Nevertheless, that's what I want to use as a subject here this morning, just simply that word, nevertheless. Praise God. Praise God. I feel him here today. I want him to have his way in our lives and hearts as his word goes forth. I think it's important that we be sensitive to the voice of God. And as the word of God is preached, open our hearts to what God wants to do in the next few moments. How many will do that? Amen. You'll commit to that. Praise the Lord. Well, let's lift up our hands to him once again. And let's pray that the Lord God of heaven would bless in the remainder of our service. Jesus, we thank you so much for, again, the opportunity of being in your house, feeling what we're feeling this morning, experiencing what we're experiencing, the touch of God that is obviously here Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the presence of God. Thank you for the touch of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, that you would continue to move upon the hearts of these good people. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said amen. Why don't you once again clap your hands to the Lord before you're seated. 
Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. Nevertheless, a famed playwright and debater who was a Norwegian by the name of Hendrik Isben was debating an opponent one day, and when it came his turn to speak and to present his side of the case, he said, my opponent argues his side of this debate from the strength of. And he began to lay out the different things that his opponent had uh, presented and the strengths of his case. And as he began to detail them at the conclusion of offering these various points, he said, nevertheless, nevertheless, and it is said that that was the last word that Isben spoke, and he fell over there in the courtroom or the place where they was debating, and he died. When I read this story, the writer that was telling this made this observation. He said, nevertheless is a good word for a last word. And this is really what living for God and the Christian faith all boils down to. If you take an honest assessment of all of life's challenges, all of life's contradictions, all of life's tests and trials, setbacks, suffering, pain, frustration, and even the attacks of the devil, and you add them all up, and they are all there. As you begin to look over them and you think perhaps that this is, this is just isolated to me and my situation, but, but all of these things, they're all there. Amen. We're not dealing with anything new. We're not dealing with anything that is more advanced than what the early church Christians had to deal with. Matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said there is no temptation but that that is common to man. So everything that you and I face, every challenge, every contradiction, every everything that comes to us in the way of an attack from the devil, can I tell you that it's been faced by someone previous to you and somebody has been victorious and somebody has made it through and somebody's lived to tell the story and somebody has the testimony that God is able. Amen. When sickness comes, they have the testimony that God is able to heal. When the attack of the devil is so intense, there's people that have experienced it and they have lived, saints of old, that if they could rise up and tell us here tonight, they would cheer us on, amen, and they would remind us of this fact that God is a redeemer, that God is going to be with his people, and God is going to bring you out. That ought to make somebody happy this morning. That ought to encourage somebody's spirit here today. That ought to make somebody want to clap your hands and rejoice that God is able. Praise the Lord. In the story that surrounds the, the crucifixion of Jesus, all of the agents of the devil had done what they could to stop and to thwart the will of God. Every effort was employed. Every tactic 
that you can think of was used here. It began with the hurt and the rejection of one of his closest followers. Judas, one of the chosen twelve, betrayed him. There was the harsh accusations of the high priest, Caiaphas. There was the denial of a man that he had invested so much in, his energy and his time. He had invested in building this man, and he had great hopes for him, and yet he denied him, Simon Peter. There was the refusal for help from Herod. There was the physical, emotional, and mental abuse that came from the Roman soldiers who not only beat him, but eventually nailed him to the cross. There was the angry mob of many he had healed, and many of them he had ministered to and delivered their children from devils. Yet they cried at the end, crucify him. They planted a crown of thorns and placed it upon his head. There were those that spat in his face, the scripture says, and plucked his beard. They pierced his side while he was dying upon that cross, and he faced it all, the ultimate rejection, the ultimate of pain and suffering. They buried him, the scripture tells us, in a borrowed tomb. But nevertheless, after three days of being in that tomb, just as he had promised, just as he had said that the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth, but on the third day, get ready for celebration. It isn't over yet. Nevertheless, on the first day of the week, the Scripture says that there were those that came to prepare his body and they wondered how they were going to roll the stone back to get into the tomb. But when they arrived, the stone had already been removed. And there was an angel of the Lord that said, Whom came to you the grave seeking? If you come looking for Jesus, he is not here. But he is arose just like he said he would. And I want you to go tell his disciples and Peter that he's alive, that he's well, and that he's still in control. You say, what are you trying to say this morning, Pastor? I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what hell has unleashed upon you, what fury, what bombardment, what attack has come against you. Nevertheless, I want to remind you that my God is in control. He still has all power. He still has the ability to come through for you. Don't stop praying. Don't lose faith. Don't stop believing. But God is going to come through for his people nevertheless. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Amen. We need to be reminded of this every once in a while. We need to be encouraged and strengthened by this every once in a while. Every once in a while, we, we need the Lord to, to speak uh, this word into our spirit. And we need to be encouraged that nevertheless, uh, don't, don't, don't mark God out of the equation. Uh, don't, don't, don't cross out the ability of God to move. Uh, it may look bleak. It may look 
dark. It may look disappointing. It may look like there's no hope or there's no way. But nevertheless, my God's able. The doctor may have said cancer, but my God is able. Amen. The doctor may have said leukemia, but my God is able. My, my, the doctor may have said heart problems and issues that cannot be reversed, but my God is still able. He is still able to deliver. It doesn't matter how bound the person is. Come on, does anybody believe that here this morning? He's able to save. It doesn't matter how lost the individual is. He's able to offer hope no matter how dark and discouraging and dismal the situation is. Nevertheless, God is able to come through for his people. Oh, let's worship him again here this morning. Second Timothy, Paul is, is combating false teachers. These fellows have some weird names. Emmaus and Philetus, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. But they had came and they were trying to discourage the converts of this young pastor, Timothy, who was a protege of the apostle Paul. And Paul is, is trying to encourage him and he's trying to tell him how to handle this particular situation. He says, study to show yourself approved or thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God or the word of truth. Uh, Timothy, if you know the word of God, that's going to be your greatest weapon against false doctrine and so study to know it and teach it and preach it but shun profane and vain babblings for they will increase unto more ungodliness and their word he's speaking of these false teachers will eat as doth a canker now you understand that people in that day knew what this particular insect was that would destroy crops and steal the harvest away. And he said their words and their teaching are going to come to nod just like that. They, they are going to eat away at, at people if you allow it to. But you stand up for the truth. You stand for righteousness. These men who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already. In other words, they're trying to take the hope of the coming of the Lord away from people. They're saying that it's past already and overthrow the faith of some. But nevertheless, the foundation of God stand assured. It doesn't matter what these fellows attempt to do, what they attempt to deceive and how they attempt to offer some explanation of false doctrine that the resurrection is already passed and the hope of the church is gone. Can I tell you that though the devil is endeavoring to deceive and destroy and disrupt, nevertheless, the foundation of God stand true. The word of God you can rest your faith upon. My Bible said heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will continue to stand. You can plant your feet in the word of God. Whatever it promises will come to pass. 
Whatever it says can be accomplished. Whatever it proclaims that God is able to do, he is able to do. If it says that he's able to heal, then he's able to heal. If it says that he's able to deliver, then he's able to deliver. If it says that he is able to strengthen, then he's able to strengthen. If it says that he's able to encourage, then he's able to encourage. If it says that he's able to give you direction, then he's able to give you direction. The word of God standeth true. Amen. The foundations of God are standing sure. It doesn't matter what the devil attempts to do. It doesn't matter how he comes against you. It doesn't matter from what angle he attacks you. I'm telling you, nevertheless, God's word is true. God's word is right. God's word stands when everything else crumbles, when everything else falls apart, when everything else is left in smoldering ruins. The word of God is still going to be there. It's going to be standing. You can rest your faith in the word of the Lord. Oh, come on. We ought to thank God that we have a promise today. We ought to thank God that we have his word to stand on here this morning. We need to thank God that we don't have to retract and say, well, let me give you an explanation why God didn't show up and why God didn't answer and why it didn't happen. I'm telling you, I've got a promise today that God is able to do everything that he says he would do. God, stand the true. I don't put my faith in, in, in things of this world. I don't put my faith in the people of this world. I don't put my faith in the promises of men. I don't put my faith in contracts and documents and paper because men are apt to go back on their word. Amen. They can make promises that they cannot fulfill. They can say things that they honestly want and sincerely desire to do, but they cannot deliver on their promise. But I'm going to tell you, God doesn't open his mouth and make a promise that he is not able to come through with. Can I tell this church that he's promised revival, that he's promised blessings, that he's promised an outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Amen. We just got to decide which side we're going to be on. We got to decide whether or not we really want it. If there's going to be an outpouring, I want to be in on it. If there's going to be a revival, I've got to be a part of it. If there's going to be blessings poured out, let them be to me. Let them be upon our church. Let it be upon my family. If there's going to be favor of God, let it be upon on this church. Let it be upon this people. Nevertheless, you can attack devil. You can come against us. Amen. You can question our faith, but nevertheless, the foundations of God stand ashore. Amen. 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 Praise God. Luke, the fifth chapter. The Bible said the disciples had went out, and they were attempting. We're not talking about inexperienced fishermen. We were talking about men that did this for a living. They may have been a little rusty because for some time now, they had been following Jesus and keeping a pretty hectic schedule. And if you know anything about fishing, you know that things change from time to time. I mean, the water temperature, the weather the moon phases, all of these things play into 
how fish are going to respond and react. And they had some old places that they knew of, some hot spots, maybe even places where it had produced quite a lot of fish in the past. And uh, they directed their boat into that area and began to cast their net. But to their dismay, after hours of fishing, they were unable uh, to have anything to show for it. You know, it's one thing to have a bad fishing day and just get a few bites or catch a few fish after hours and hours of toiling with it. It's quite another thing to fish for all night. And they said to the Lord, and we have caught nothing. That's not just bad. That's real bad. Amen. That's not just an off day. That's not just a slow day. That's an awful day. That's a horrific day. And so they had caught nothing. These men that had lived their lives out there fishing, they had to scratch their head and wonder what in the world is going on. My experience, my years of being out here and doing this, certainly I, I think we could have come up with at least a little bit, even if we didn't get if we didn't get a Comstock load of fish, if we didn't get if we didn't get our boat filled up, at least we would have had enough to sustain us until a better day. But there's nothing to show for it. And they were washing their nets, the scripture says. When Jesus came to them and made this proclamation that seemed so far-fetched, even to these men that had walked with the Lord for quite a long time by this point, he said, uh, he said go out and uh, cast your nets into the water again. They said, well, we've toiled all night and, and we've caught nothing. What do you know about fishing? What do you know that we don't know? He said, launch out into the deep and cast out your nets again. And they, they began to give the explanation from their standpoint of expertise that this was not the way that you did it. This was not where the fish would be found. We've already tried all the places that we know of that the fish would be. And we've tried all of the, the areas where in the past and by our own experience has proven to be places where you catch fish and you're telling us to launch out into a new area into the deep you know fish they like structure they like they like to they like to hoover around certain areas around the reefs and around around shipwrecks and around areas where there's structure for them and you're telling us to go out there in just the middle of the water and cast out you know how big the sea is do you realize how big and vast that this area is for us just to go out into deep waters and cast a net that seems so foolish Jesus and they begin to give this explanation but suddenly one of them stood up and he said this I remember something if I can just be obedient to the word amen I may not understand it he said nevertheless at thy word we'll go ahead and try it we'll go ahead and do it nevertheless at thy word 
word and they cast their nets out and the Bible says that there was so many that their nets began to break and they had to call for their fellows in other ships to come and they not only filled their ships but they bought down the rest of the ships that were with them. There was such a great drought of fish. I'm telling somebody it may seem like at this point, it may seem like at this juncture of your life, it may seem like that you're in a place right now that uh, I mean I've tried everything I know in my own ability. I've went by my past experience and, and what my life experience tells me to do. I've tried to employ all of all of those things and, and it hasn't been effective and it hasn't worked out and, and it hasn't come to pass and, and the promise hasn't been fulfilled but I'm just going to preach to somebody nevertheless. If you'll just be obedient to God just this one time. Whatever he asks of you, if you'll just do it. Amen. If he asks of you to stretch just a little further with your faith, would you be willing to stretch? If he asks you to go a little further with your prayer, would you have the patience and the persistence to do so? If he asks you, amen, in this place this morning, no matter what other people are doing, if you'll worship me and if you'll praise me, I'll come through for you. Nevertheless, I'm going to put some effort into it, God. I may not understand it. I may not know why, but nevertheless, that's your word. I'm going to stand on the word of God. I'm going to believe and put my faith in the word of God. I am going to stand for what you say, God. Not what my flesh says. Not what the devil's trying to whisper in my ear. Not what other people is trying to convince me to do. I'm going to stand for the word of God and you're going to come through for me. Would you slip up your hands to him right now again? Nevertheless, 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 the Garden of Gethsemane, we see this struggle that is going on. And we can also identify with that struggle because as long as we're on this side of eternity, the Bible says that flesh warreth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. It's a battleground. Amen? And we see a snapshot of this with the flesh of Jesus in the deity of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. One God, amen, but we understand that this one God was manifest in flesh. And so there's that element and component of flesh that he's dealing with as he knows what lies ahead. He knows the pain and the suffering. And when he looks into that cup, and he sees the sin that's going to be put upon him when he goes to that cross. And he sees the anguish. He sees all of the hideous things that is in that cup. His flesh cries out. It's repulsive to his flesh. We're talking about a man that has known no sin is going to become sin. So that you and I, his flesh is going to take on sin. And it's going to be crucified as that spotless lamb that would take away the sins, as John the Baptist said, 
of the world. All of that's going to be played. You talk about a burden. And you talk about the heaviness of it all. You talk about looking into that cup and seeing where all of this is headed. And he says, if this cup could pass, you know, if I didn't have to partake of this cup, this would be a whole lot more comfortable. If it be possible for this cup to pass from me. Uh, but he realized for the ultimate will of God to be done, this flesh was going to have to come under subjection. And there was a battle and a struggle that was going to have to be won right there in the Garden of Gethsemane. Can I preach to you that that was an intense moment that sometimes we gloss over. We go on to Calvary. We go on to the cross. And we know that that is the final act that brought victory. We realize that. But can I tell you, the flesh was already defeated in the Garden of Gethsemane. Can I tell you, it was already brought under subjection in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he endured such anguish and such pressure that his sweat was as great drops of blood, his, his perspiration turned to blood and, and it began to seep out of the pores of his skin. You talk about an intense moment. That was an intense moment. There was a struggle that's going on and he reached that final place as he was praying, maybe draped over a, a boulder on the side, leaning up against one of those olive trees in that grove of olive trees in the Garden of Gethsemane. I don't know exactly what the altar was, but there was an altar there. Amen. There was a place where he was saying, here I am. And he finally got to the place that he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. As difficult as it is, as hard as it is, as deep as the struggle may be. Nevertheless, I believe the devil hated to hear those words. I believe the devil dreaded that moment when those words were uttered by the Lord Jesus Christ. Nevertheless, he knew it was over with. He knew it was a foregone conclusion. He knew that his days were numbered because if that flesh ever come in a subjection to the spirit and if the will of God was ever accomplished at Calvary, he would never again have the chance. He would never again have authority. He would never again have the ability to come against the child of God that invoked the blood of Calvary. That if ever the blood was upon a person's life, he couldn't tread where the blood had been. He couldn't come against and bind where the blood was. Can I preach to somebody here this morning that if you ever get beneath the blood, if you ever get in the will of God, nevertheless, there's going to be victory. Let the storm rage. Let darkness overshadow you. But God's going to bring you out because you're a child of God. Come on, let's give some praise to the Lord right now. Nevertheless, 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 not my will, but thine be done. Woo. Praise God. I feel him here this morning, don't you? I feel his presence in this place right now. I feel the touch of God in this house even now. Why don't we, why don't we just entertain his presence for a few moments here? Nevertheless, nevertheless, 
in this particular passage that I read to you here this morning, 2 Peter chapter 3. The Bible said that there were those that were saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. And there were those that were saying, I know he's given us a promise. I know he's told us how it was going to come to pass. But where is that promise? It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't taken place. Uh, it's not occurred. Where is the promise of his coming? And the apostle Peter stands up. Verse 9, he says, the Lord, I want you to know, is not slack concerning his promise. As some men, there's some that are questioning, as some men count slackness. Oh, but he's long-suffering to us. Sometimes he, he's extending this and waiting in his mercy so that others could get on board, so others could be a part of this promise being fulfilled. But he said it is going to happen. And he said, rest assured that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. You know what that's talking about. It's talking about the elements in the sky and the firmament. And uh, he said it's going to pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we, or ought ye, to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. He's painting a dark picture of the end time. He's telling of what's going to happen to this old earth and this world and how that it's going to melt with a fervent heat. It's going to be dissolved. It's going to pass away. And those that are therein, things that are here, he's talking about the judgments of God that are coming. And I don't know that I understand all the details of this particular text. But I know for those of us that have the Holy Ghost and are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and what he says later here that are sealed unto the day of redemption, I do know that we have this promise that he begins to affirm us with. And verse 13, he says, nevertheless, nevertheless, we, amen, I'm a part of that we. If you're here this morning, you know and have this new birth experience, you're a part of that we, according to his promise. Look for a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may find of him in peace, be found of him in peace without spot and blameless and according an account that this long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. 
and also in all of his epistles, speaking of them, of the things in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest. And they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Yet therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the air of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. I'm telling you, we're looking for that promise to be fulfilled. Nevertheless, it doesn't matter what the newspaper says. It doesn't matter what they put in legislation. It really doesn't matter, amen, and and I think you ought to vote your conscience, but it really doesn't matter what happens next November. Can I just tell you that when it's all said and done, when God gets ready to fulfill his promise, he's going to fulfill his promise, and man is not going to impede that. They're not going to stop that. They're not going to be able to hinder that. When God gets ready to move, when God gets ready to fulfill his promise, it's going to be just like his word says it's going to be done so don't get all shook up don't let fear overcome you don't let the darkness of the day overwhelm you just rest assured in the promises of God that God's still in control and nevertheless there's a new heaven and there's a new earth there's a place where I'm going where the lamb is the light of the city there's a place where I'm going where all tears are going to be wiped from my eyes there's a place where I'm going where there's no sorrow and there's no death nevertheless whatever the devil unleashes in his fury on this world I've got that word from God that nevertheless the foundations of God stand assured the word and the promise of God is there why don't you stand with me right now lift your hands to the heavens Somebody claim his promise today. Somebody claim his promise today. Somebody believe in his promise today. Nevertheless. Nevertheless. Ooh, I feel him here this morning. Why don't you reach over and let's pray together with one another. Come on, right now, where it's fitting, I want you to pray one with another. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. The Word of God is true. The Word of God is true. Come on, pray, church. Help me pray right now. Let me touch God right now. The Word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I wonder if there's somebody here that needs an answer. 
I wonder if there's somebody here today that's been praying a prayer that you would like God to intervene. I'm going to do something a little bit unusual. I want you to come to this altar. And as you're coming, I want you to take this Bible and I want you to raise it above your head and say, nevertheless. And then just go on to your place of prayer. Stay and believe in God. But I want everybody that feels like that God could come through for me this morning. Nevertheless, nevertheless, amen. Let's pass it to the next person. Come on, why don't you come? If you want God to move, if you want God to work, if you want a miracle in your life, I want you to come hold that word of God up and say, nevertheless, I believe in God. Nevertheless, I believe in God is going to turn things around for me. Nevertheless, I'm trusting the Lord. Nevertheless, I'm believing in faith. Oh, I'm not trusting in what men can do. I'm not trusting in what my mind is trying to tell me. I'm not going to trust in what others even are saying and what their diagnosis is of the situation. But it's your word that is forever settled. It's your word that I'm going to hold on to. Come on, church. Let's pray in these altars. Come on, hold on to faith. Hold on to faith. Hallelujah. Come down and gather close in these altars here this morning. This is where the action is. This is where God can move on you. This is where God can help you. If you'll believe God, if you'll trust God, he'll do the work for you today. Hallelujah. Oh, it stands sure, it stands sure, it stands sure. God, I'm believing in this, your word this morning. I'm believing in this, what your word proclaims, what your word says. That's what I'm going to put my faith in. That's what I'm going to trust you for. That's what I'm going to believe. Amen, 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 amen.